Hello and welcome. You're listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard. Thank you for joining us for another segment. Amyloidosis is a, a serious condition that often goes undiagnosed. Well, joining us this morning from Massachusetts General are Dr. Sharon Levine, uh, along with nurse practitioner Andrea Kirkle. Welcome both, Dr. Levine and Andrea Kirkle. Thank you for joining us this morning. Thank you for having us. Uh, uh, Dr. Levine, if you, if you would uh, give us a bit of your, uh, your professional background. Yeah, I'm the, the section head for geriatrics at, at Massachusetts General Hospital and the Division of Palliative Care and Geriatric Medicine. I'm also the Division's Director of Education, and um, I oversee all the clinical and educational efforts in the team-based care that we practice. Our work includes primary and consultative care for older adults in our senior health clinic, um, which is soon to be known as Mass General Hospital Geriatric Medicine. Um, and this includes our dementia care collaborative and our memory care initiative and our senior health practice and inpatient um, fractured co-management service, et cetera. And um, we're always looking for new um, opportunities to do co-management with surgeons and others uh, and in order to make Mass General an age-friendly health system. My career has been, um, and, and that, that age-friendly health system focuses on the four M's, which are matters most, mind, mobility, and medication, and the fifth M, which is multi-complexity, which is all geriatric patients. Um, I've focused my, my clinical clinical life on primary care in patients' homes and in clinic and in consultation of older adults. So since there are only 6,000 geriatricians nationwide for 15% of the population, which will soon be 23% of the population, we really need to geriatricize everyone who comes in contact with older adults. So we live in the village and it takes a village. And as an educator, I've developed and disseminated curricula for everyone, from medical students to practicing docs, um, so that everyone knows how to take care of older people. And I, um, I'm going to let Andrea introduce herself as one of the members of our village, and then we can talk about this <laughs> interesting case that we had. Welcome, Andrea. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Uh, my name is Andrea Kirkle. I'm a nurse practitioner. I work with Sharon at uh, Mass General Primary Care, the geriatric primary care practice. I work primarily in the um, office, in the clinic, providing kind of acute and routine follow-up for all of our primary care patients. Mm-hmm. Now, I mentioned this condition, amyloidosis. What exactly is it? And am I pronouncing it correctly? <laughs> Andrew, you yeah, want to so, take that? <laughs> sure. Yep. So it, <laughs> you are. So it's amyloidosis. Um, it's a relatively rare disorder. Um, it often does go diagnosed, which was why undiagnosed, which is why we kind of did this case study. Um, it's kind of a group of diseases that all have a common feature of amyloid fibril deposition. It can happen in various organs and tissues. There's uh, many types of this disorder, and there's really an array of clinical manifestations that depends on the type of fibril that gets deposited, the location in your body, and the amount of deposition that occurs. Um, there's nearly three kind of of the most prominent types. There's a primary um, AL type. There's a secondary AA type, and there's also a hereditary type. Are people who are in upper years, are they only affected or can this affect anyone? So primarily the age of diagnosis is around 50, a little bit older than that. Um, Usually it is in the older population that you see it, but it's not exclusively in that population. You you mentioned a hereditary aspect. Is this something that can be prevented in any type of way? So one of the reasons why it is really important 
for a diagnosis of this for families is the one type that is hereditary does get passed down. Um, it is a dominant gene, so there is about a 50% chance that if one of your parents has it, you will also have it. And then if you do have it, you have that chance of passing it to your children. Um, and it can be very beneficial for you to know that you carry that gene. So you're really monitored for the symptoms and can be treated earlier to prevent progression. What traditionally has the treatment been? So the treatment is primarily dependent on the type. So okay. what type of um, fibro is deposited and into which organ. Mm -hmm. um, some of the more aggressive treatments, like in the hereditary form, is actually liver transplant um, to prevent you producing more of the fibro in the body. Um, there's also different types of silencing agents or suppressing agents that are more like chemotherapy almost that really just help prevent the further buildup in the body. The earlier you treat, the better. Um, you want to try and catch mm -hmm. this earlier if you can. Mm -hmm. Now, I understand that there was the annual meeting of uh, the American Geriatric Society, and you presented some information concerning this condition? Yeah, one of the things that you can submit to the American Geriatric Society annual meeting is an abstract that uh, that, that is a clinical vignette. And often people pick something that, you know, will be of interest because it's unusual or rare um, or important. And um, amyloid is one of those things because it can masquerade um, as many different things. And so I, I the, the case we picked was someone who had been followed for many years. It was a woman in her 80s who had been followed in another health system for many years for very common problems that affect um adults as they get older uh, and um, are often managed by different specialists who don't particularly talk to one another. Uh, and it's only if you think about this as a unify amyloidosis, as a uh, unifying diagnosis, that you can make the diagnosis, first of all, and then use put people into trials or treatments that may be beneficial. And, in, in that, and the earlier you can do that, the better, but because of the nature of the beast, mm -hmm. you know, people can have kidney failure. Kidney um, ki people can have kidney failure. They can have heart disease. They can have joint disease. They can have carpal tunnel syndrome. They can have all kinds of diseases that are common things, but the cause of them in this case is amyloidosis, and so they're treated separately by different specialists. Mm. And unless um, someone realizes that there is a common thread or something gives you the clue that it might be something that, that is widespread affecting many organs, organs which amyloid does, um, you can't give it the appropriate treatment. And that's what we wanted to talk about in this, in this particular case. This is a patient who had anemia and kidney problems and heart disease and had had heart attacks and had arthritis and um, came in for a geriatric um, assessment that really, um, you know, diagnosed a whole bunch of different things. And we sent her for physical therapy. We sent her to a rheumatologist. Um, and we, and slowly we realized that she had heart failure. And on, on imaging studies, it looked like it might be amyloidosis on heart failure. And we sent her to an amyloid center where they make these diagnoses and they confirm the diagnosis and that it was the genetic type. And that um, that she would be entered into a trial, and um, and uh, unfortunately, her disease progressed during all of this time, 
Um, what mattered most to this person was to get up and sing in her choir in church, which she was able to do, but this progressed, and ultimately, um, because probably if it had made the diagnosis had been made 10 years earlier, she would have had a heart transplant, but she died of um, renal failure and heart failure um, because it was diagnosed at such a late stage. It was an important diagnosis, and Andrea and I put it together by getting a, a cardiac echo, and that, that was suggestive of amyloid in the heart. And once we saw that, everything else fell into place. And we realized that all these things, like her arthritis, her fatigue, her decrease in function, um, her and many aches and pains were all related to this, her anemia. And um, it was very important. And it was important to pass this along to her, her children, um, uh, because she had children and they needed to know. Where can our listeners go online and learn more about this condition and about some of the information that was presented concerning this condition? www.massgeneral.org. Thank you. Thank you. Well, I appreciate both of you joining us here on Health Professional Radio. Thank you. Thank you. You've been listening to Health Professional Radio. I'm your host, Neil Howard, in conversation with Dr. Sharon Levine and Andrea Kirkle. Audio copies of this program are available at hpr.fm and healthprofessionalradio.com.au. You can also subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, listen in, download at SoundCloud, and be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel at youtube.com, Health Professional Radio. 